This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Brian, so we we take a look, you know, pretty heavily there at the quarterback himself. Yeah. There were a lot of other things to take away from this football game. Stephon Gilmore, I thought, had a really impressive game in this one. Uh, and he told reporters afterwards that A.J. Brown called him old on, on, in the first quarter. And he was like, mm. you know, all right, well, I'm locked in here. I'm ready to play now. And so that kind of triggered him a little bit. He was playing with a lot more emotion than I'm used to seeing him play with out there. He was he was very intense. Um, but again, you had another good performance from Jake Ferguson. I, I thought Tyler Smith, even though the offensive line started, I thought Tyler Smith did some really nice things in pass yeah. protection in this game. Um, and, and in general, the offensive line, while it wasn't consistent, there were times where it was really good and it came together in, in, in really good spots. I thought Pollard had a solid game overall, but the big thing here, and this is something that you have talked about consistently this season is what you've gotten out of the safeties, which hasn't always been the best, Yes, but the safety group came to yes. play in this game. They sure did. They sure did. And I think you always have to be fair about this because I have, as you mentioned, Bobby, various platforms. I've been critical of what's happened at the safety play. I've been very critical of Malik Hooker, uh, been critical of, of curse and Wilson. And I felt like that yesterday, uh, even going into the game, the various platforms I always say, I felt like that they needed to have a really good game at safety. All of them. They needed, if Dallas was going to win and Dallas was going to be able to control the Philadelphia passing game, they were going to have to be good at safety. They were going to have to be able to help. They were going to have to be able to rally. They were going to have to be able to tackle. I mean, throw in there now the ability to create turnovers. Uh, punching the ball loose, the tackling that stripped yeah. the ball. You know, those are all things you needed in that football game. And they got it. And and congratulations to those guys uh, for playing at a very, very high level. Uh, the fact that Gilmore was able to travel. Bland was comfortable wherever he had to play in that game. They didn't target him. They went after uh, Gilmore. They felt like that they could carry Gilmore on some routes and he was going to have some problems. They felt like they could take him down the field and they felt like he could, he was going to have some problems. He really, really did. Now, Brown played a good game. Brown made some plays, but it wasn't like that Brown killed them in this game. You know what I mean? It, they were able to win any time that the, that the Eagles had made a big play, whether it was the, the run by Hertz, knocked the ball out, fumbled, turnover. The pass to the pass inside the slant to Brown, get the ball out there. Then the, the play to Smith, you know, later in the game where he breaks two tackles and then ball's knocked out by uh, by Bell. You know, that's you know that's what you got to have if you're going to give up plays. If you're going to give up plays, you got to find a way to get the ball back, knock the ball loose, do something. And yeah, and Dallas did a really really nice job of that. Uh, I, I I you know I, I tip my hat to them. Uh, the secondary, the way they played overall, uh, that's a tough matchup, especially after what they dealt with the previous outing against Seattle. You know, it is uh, covering Smith and Brown and having to deal with that tight end. I mean, that's a that's a that's a that's an all day that's an all day job. That's an all day job, and the Cowboys were able to in the the fifty some odd plays that they ran, they did a really nice job of of playing on that back end. 
when you look at, you know, there was a lot of talk about, uh, you know, Shaq Leonard and, you know, Dallas's potential interest in him. He ultimately chooses the Eagles, as we know, and he was in uniform last night playing. Uh, but it was on display for you, I think, the difference in the the quality of the linebackers, which the Cowboys have had their issues at linebacker this year, and, and they've been a little bit thin there. But, man, I thought that this performance in primetime stepping up uh, against a, a team like the Eagles, I thought that Marquise Bell played a really good yeah. game, and I thought that Damone Clark played a Absolutely. pretty solid game. Yeah, sure did. They needed, they needed once again, they needed both of those guys. And, you know, and it had to be a little bit of a tough week or a, t- a couple of last couple of weeks, tough weeks for these linebackers. Uh, I know, Bobby, you go into the locker room and, and visit with the players after the game. I, I guarantee you that Bell and Clark knew that the Cowboys were pursuing Shaq Leonard, you know, mm-hmm. and, and at, that's that is the business side of sports. That is the, hey, I've got to put my head down and I got to go do my job. And you know what? Uh, if they keep playing me out here, I got to I got to keep going. And I think that's what the two linebackers did for the Cowboys yesterday. They they went out there, they kept their they put their head down and and played at a really, really high level. I thought it was one of the better games that Clark has had, you know, with how active he was, the tackles that he was able to make, the way he was able to play in positioning. I mean, it was it was really a, a really a nice day uh, for for those uh, for those linebackers. You know, we were talking about this a little bit before the show and what stands out to me again, I, I thought that Dallas played, you know, well. Um, it, it wasn't always consistent. You know, you, you'd like to see the offense put the ball in the end zone in the second half. They they obviously had their struggles with that. But that was, yeah. one of the big takeaways I had from this game right now is that I, I think we have reached a definite point of saying Dallas is above Philadelphia. Dallas is a better football team right now than Philadelphia because what we've seen on tape and in this game for eight, is for eight quarters they've probably won six of them, seven of the quarters. Yeah, if they played probably. eight quarters, Dallas has probably won six or seven of those eight quarters. Yeah, and when you you watch this Philly team, when you watch them on tape, and I think what was on display again last night, Brian, is that this Philadelphia defense is just not good. They they have a bad defense right now. Yeah, I, I think, Bobby, the problem, the biggest problem that Philadelphia has is, you know, you can't have some success running the football on them. Dallas popped mm-hmm. some runs. Dallas had the unfortunate, some penalties that were called, the the clipping penalty. There were some penalties that were just, you know, holding. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, they, hey, John Hussey, the crew, I'm not going to, I mean, it really happened both ways. I mean, both teams could have a, a legitimate gripe and you know that's where i think dallas way. in fact I, I think dallas may have benefited a little bit more I, I from some so of the, the, and, the and, calls. And going to the game we even talked about that john hussey's crew has called more penalties on the road team than they did the home team you mm-hmm. know so it played really into maybe a little bit in dallas advantage that way but um the one thing that i learned last night watching that game and then watching it this morning is that if you can control philly's pass rush you can certainly move the ball on them. You oh yeah, can certainly move the ball on them. You know, and and I'll tell you what, I give this coaching staff, Mike McCarthy, and the coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball a lot of credit for this reason. They knew that 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 Terrence Steele had problems the first time this game was played in Philadelphia. They yeah. knew that Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham, Sweat, those guys against him, they were causing problems in that game for him. And in this game, they didn't just completely leave him out there by himself. 
they said, listen, we're going to chip, which they were able to do with Pollard. And by the way, the sack, I need to ask Bobby, if you know somebody that might know this, it might help me. Mm -hmm. Um, I can ask somebody, but if you would, the sack that Steele gave up where he just got run by, by Reddick, Pollard is on the outside. It's kind of set there. And the way that the way that Steele set in his pass set and just with a right hand punch, I wonder if Pollard was supposed to help him. Because the next play, Pollard did help him and they hit Lamb on a 10 yard pass. Yeah. But the, I, I just wonder if this was one of those times where Steele was expecting Pollard to help, so he really didn't set really with any width. You know, he just kind of set off the line and then checked with his hand thinking that Pollard was going to be next to him and they were going to be able to secure Reddick. But Reddick just took a straight run, actually went low on Dak. God, that's a scary moment right there. That was terrifying. Very, very scary moment there. But I wonder if Steele was expecting Pollard to give him some help there, and he didn't. Somebody somebody will know, and maybe I need to ask to figure that out. But anyway, but other than that, it it was Chip, with it was uh, it was it was help with Pollard, chip with Ferguson, who did mm-hmm. a great job of. I mean, just you know, every time he went out, just two hand shove, two hand shove, two hand shove. You know, he helped every time he could help. He helped. He took a shot at Reddick every time he could do it. And then they also did it with what we talked about last week: the width, putting a tight into that side and making Reddick have to rush a little bit wider. So again, tip of the cap to Mike McCarthy. Uh, to the uh, you know to the offensive line coach, uh, you know, in the scheme itself for what they were able to do, Mike Solari, those guys, whatever they, they were able to do to not allow Hassan Reddick to take this game over, because by blocking that front, they were able to make some plays. And and you you mentioned it, maybe it wouldn't Dak wasn't perfect, but man, they still made a lot of big plays. Yeah, and and I think that that's ultimately you know what you walk away from it saying, regardless of any warts or anything else, you just say that at the end of the day they got the job done, and that's an important thing. I, I was interested in one thing, Brian, and I don't know if you felt this way at all. Did you get the sense that it was a real coaching point from the Cowboys on defense this week? Because I felt like it was definitely on display more than it was in the game in Philadelphia. It felt like on defense there was an emphasis on if Jalen Hurts is going to act like a runner, you guys are going to treat him like a runner and make him like, like make him feel it. If he's going to, yeah. you know, get outside the pocket. Cause it felt like they were, they were hitting hard they and, and not, not nothing bit, cheap. No, I don't I wouldn't say head hunting. I say nothing head cheap. hunting in a way yes. of like, if he's going to run, we're going to hit him. Yeah. Nothing cheap, but yeah, like, like yeah. if he wants to feel the game, make sure he feels the game. Like, like let's, let's make sure that, that, you know, all legal stuff, but just like, Hey, let's, let's hit him with some force. Let's, let's make him think twice about wanting to run on us a little bit. And that felt like a real point of emphasis. And guys looked like they were saying, all right, if I'm going to make a tackle here, I'm going to make sure this is a physical tackle. I'm not going to, you know, be back on my heels a little bit and worried about his speed or his cutback ability. I'm going to make sure that we we make sure that we bring him to the ground and we bring him to the ground physically. Yeah, there's a little, little Al Davis there. You almost gave it the, uh, hit the quarterback <laughs> and hit him hard. He must go to the ground. We will be superior. We are the Raiders. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I kind of feel like the. I, I like what you were saying there. I think the Cowboys on defense tried to make it a physical game to begin with. You know, I think they really wanted to make sure. You know, some of the hits. The the I know that they had the drop in the middle of the field with 
uh, Smith. It was a big collision in the middle of the field. You know, there was an incomplete pass. Um, you know, they, they got after they got after the the Eagles pretty well. But if, if Hertz was going to run, you're you're right. They they were going to go after him. You know, and but man, they had a couple of really nice designs. You know, to move a linebacker with motion and, and all of a sudden run that quarterback draw the way that they yeah. were. So. You know, it, you know, they 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 hit on a couple of plays, but uh, I I felt like just overall though Dallas's defense was they they were up to the task in that game. They really really would. I think their offense really helped them though in this way. Offense for holding the ball. I mean, Philadelphia has had, has had to deal with a lot of defensive snaps. You know, when you look at the Buffalo game, you look at the San Francisco game, yeah. and then what does Dallas do in the first half? I mean, they just they punished them with those drives. You know, ten play, thirteen play drives. That I think that also took a lot out of the Eagles as well defensively. Now, the other aspect of this that I think is interesting, we can't walk away from before we go to the mailbag here, Brian. And this is as somebody who you got your you cut your teeth in NFL Europe, okay? And I this did. is something I'm actually I'm going to ask uh, Jerry Jones about this tomorrow morning oh, on Sean okay. and RJ. Not about you working in NFL Europe, Brian, um, but. Last year, you got a big boost going and getting Kevontae Turpin from the USFL. Brandon Aubrey now has come off to he, – he's gotten off to just an incredible start for them uh, as their kicker, another guy that they took out of the USFL. When you see two examples of that and, and two real big-time contributors for this team, meaningful contributors to this team, does that make an effective case to the Cowboys, maybe to Jerry, to speak to the NFL and, and to the NFL in general saying, hey, we really could stand to use a developmental league? And we could stand to have a place to develop these talents like, you know, whether it be either cultivating guys who are not on rosters right now or like just go give a place for Trey Lance to play. Go give a place for Trey Lance to get some reps in and develop because the Cowboys have hit on this now twice with spring league guys. Yeah, Bobby. And I think in, in thank you for remembering I was part of NFL Europe the original year in 1990. And so, you know, I did that for uh, two years until I went to work for the Packers. Matter of fact, I went to work for the Packers on uh, tomorrow. My birthday it would be December twelfth of nineteen ninety one. That was my Man, first day. Thirty two years the, ago. Thirty two years ago was my first day in the National Football League. So, uh, uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, you know, I got to be a part of NFL Europe, and and I, I've seen it on both sides. Being a part of it, I was super excited about it. I was always felt like, please, if we could get these guys, if we can work with these guys, if we can develop these guys, if teams would give us this guy. But that we found out that, that teams just wanted their players working out in their facilities. They, yeah. wanted, they wanted to be around their players. They wanted to be able to have mini camps. They wanted to be able to do all this stuff. And what we also found um, is that when we got these players with it's a 10-game schedule – you know, we'd send these players back to their teams and then they would go right into training camp, you know. And it was just so hard for these guys. Yeah, they got the experience. I think if there's a way to do it with the quarterbacks, I think you I think you can make it work. If it, uh, if well, I'll, I'll adjust. I'll, I'll adjust yeah. then. Let's, uh, let's instead of that. Instead of for the quarterbacks, I agree with you. I just think that the other players – it's so hard for them to play a 10-game schedule, go through all that, and then try and get and be ready for an NFL season that's now 17 games. 
side of, then let's say uh, forgetting guys that are on active rosters. Do you think it's a good argument for a pathway program at least of guys who like, hey, you got a mini camp invite. We didn't end up like even, you know, having you on our 90 man roster yeah. or whatever else. But like, let's just go. Here's a pathway. We've got a partnership here with the USFL, whatever else. This is somewhere where you can kind of foster these talents a little bit. Well, I, you know, I, I think that everybody's super selfish when it comes to their players and they don't want to, you know, we we put Chad Hutchinson into the world league and hope that he you know would get work get better and he didn't so but there's some teams like if for example one of the best examples guy like kurt warner you know i mean he he was a he was a quarterback in the in the world league and and mm-hmm. you know and so some of these guys play and some of these guys play at a high level and and, and they'll get to the nfl and, and do great things but the wear and tear on these players is just so hard and you know yeah. i mean we uh, bob you'll remember this guy i think you will Dwayne Hawthorne, that was a little cornerback. Yeah. That yeah. So we sent Dwayne Hawthorne to World League to get work. He played great. I mean, he played great for them and gave everything he had. And, you know, watching him every week, he played great. When he got to us, he was dead. He couldn't mm. run anymore. He was just all the running that he had to do, just really, yeah, he got experience in playing and all that, but it, it he's a small guy and it hurt him. It hurt him where, you know, when he came to us, he's like, Man, I can't run anymore. <laughs> I'm too yeah. tired to run. You know, and it, it might have happened a little bit too to Turpin. You yeah, know, end of last year for the, sure. Yeah, now you're seeing the best version of Turpin after getting a, a year off. You know, so I wish I wish they would develop a league where um, where guys would get opportunities and you can everybody could benefit. But I think that the NFL is. Uh, I think they just want their players to be. I think they they want their players to stay at home work out, have mini camps and all that stuff. I don't think they're really interested in doing anything else with them. You are listening to the Love the Star podcast. The Love the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.